Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Hey, it's great to see you today, man. I just thank God. What a great time of worship. And, you know, if you have gifts of uh, musical ability to worship or to sing, you should join our worship team. We always have room uh, for you. We're in this series, I've Got the Power, and today we're going to continue with that. And if you've missed any of the series, the two previously, please go online at thefathershouse.com to our archive page, and you can check those other teachings because they'll all build on top of each other. And so if you have your Bible, your iPhone, your iPad, your eyeballs, whatever you use, Let's say this. This is our weekly confession. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father, we approach your Word today and know that it doesn't come, revelation doesn't come by intellect. It's by your spirit. So Holy Spirit, I'm depending upon you today to anoint these words. Help me to say what you want me to say. Help me guard my lips that I wouldn't say anything you don't want me to say. But we're desperate. We're hungry for you in a world that's collapsing around us. But Lord, you haven't left us as orphans. You haven't left us as beggars. But you said, I'm going to send you power. And we thank you for that today. In your name, Jesus, amen. How many of you have ever lived without electricity? Yeah, wow, I'm surprised, some of you. And, um, you know, well, I know hurricanes and all that sort of stuff, you know, yeah. I was uh, in one island years ago, and they only had electricity three hours a night. Uh, That's all they had, and that was that. But I'm so thankful that we have electricity, aren't you? I'm so thankful this air conditioning feels a little better today, less humid. We're little by little getting that together. I read the story about this lady when electricity first started coming into her area. She lived way back in the country, way back in the boondocks. And uh, they brought in electricity, put it into her house, hooked the power up. But the representatives at the the, uh, office recognized that she wasn't using very much. And so they wondered, maybe if she's even alive. So they went and knocked on the door. She came to the door and they said, do you, do you, we have brought you electricity, right? Yes. Uh, but it doesn't look like you're using very much of it. She said, oh yes, but I use it. They said, well, how do you use it? She said, well, when it gets dark, I turn on the light so that I can light my kerosene lantern and then I turn it back off. Wow. We read that and we think, I don't think she understood what that power was for, that she wasn't using it at optimal level. Even though it was there at the house and available, she wasn't using it. But we, we, we smile about that, but I wonder how many times that's a picture of us as believers, as Christians. Jesus said, I'm going to give you power. But then so many I hear them say, you know, I'm just tired. I'm just worn down. I'm just going through defeat after defeat after defeat. And I don't know what's wrong with me. But here's what Jesus said, Acts 1 and 8. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Say power. 
He will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We said in the first week, the word there is the Greek word, it's dunamis, which means strength, capacity, ability, potency, force, might, capability. So you can read it like this. Jesus said, but you will receive strength. You're going to receive ability. You're going to receive the might, the capability when I send you the Holy Spirit. So we're not talking just about a power, but we're talking about a person. So last week, I spent a long time on talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. I said last week, let me tell you who he is. Let me tell you what he's like, and let me tell you what he does. So I hope that brought a little clarity, maybe to some confusion that we've had, because we all come from different denominational or, or, or no denominational background, and we all bring in with us preconceived ideas and thoughts and teachings about the Holy Spirit. Uh, some of us have been raised in this, and some of us it's new, and some of us it's really still kind of strange. And all I said was, let's come together with a blank piece of paper, and let's just look at what the Word says, what the Word says. Not what you heard somebody preach a long time ago, not what you thought you knew, because what I'm learning is <laughs> every day God gives me more revelation. But I'm just saying, as we approach Holy Spirit, let's come with the Scripture, and so if the Scripture says something, then I can look at that and say, wow, I, I never knew that was there. I was told that the Holy Spirit wasn't for me, and the gifts of the Spirit and all of that ended with the apostles. But yet when you look at that from the first week, we talked about that. So you have a choice. Are you going to go by what some man said, or are you going to go by what the pure clarity of the Scripture says? I believe that this word, he says, will never pass away. So I'm telling you, I'm going to go with the Word. How about you? So someone asked me this question, and uh, we're going to talk about some questions that you might have, and you can always use the uh, connection card. If you have a question about the Holy Spirit, you can write that on, and maybe we'll try to cover that, because we're going to carry this all the way through uh, September and October, because we just really feel like that there's just so much more. As I've gotten into this, I thought, whoa, I can't finish it right now. We've got to get into this some more and more when we look at that. So if you have a question, just write it out. But someone asked this question. Can you explain to me what the Bible means by the baptism of the Spirit? Baptism of the Spirit. So let me just write that down uh, here. I'll write it in between this beautiful uh, stuff here, all right? Because you can tell I didn't write this, right? Baptism of Holy Spirit. So that's what people are asking. Tell me, help me to understand baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's new to me. Or if you come from a Pentecostal background, sometimes by the words that you use, talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit to be the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you confuse people. So if you use the phrase, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you're thinking that you're talking about this filling of the Spirit, Really, you're using the wrong vocabulary. Theologically, you're wrong. And not only that, but grammatically, you're wrong. And so today, we want to talk about this, the baptism of Holy Spirit. So here's what Scripture says in Acts chapter 1, verses 5, and then verse 8. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you will receive what? Power. 
You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. Now is a time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance to perfection. Don't let that word perfection throw you off. It just means to maturity. I need to mature. How many of you could use some more maturity in your life? I know I could, right? The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. Turning away from our dead works to embrace faith in God. Teaching about different baptisms, plural. Teaching about different baptisms, impartation of laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. So he said there are different baptisms. See the word baptism? It's the word in Greek, it's the word baptismos, which means to wash, to dip, to be fully immersed into something. It means there must be a baptizer and something that you're baptized into. Look at that. To be baptized by someone into something. So today, if you're taking notes, that very first line, here's the very one point that we're going to deal with today. We need to understand the three baptisms. Understand the three baptisms. Understand the three baptisms. First of all, we need to understand that we're baptized into the body of Christ. We're baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. And that's basically what we talk about is conversion when we come to the Lord. The scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 says this, For by one Spirit, or by the Holy Spirit, capital S there, by the Holy Spirit, we are all immersed. Immersed is another word for what? Baptism, right? We're baptized. For by the Holy Spirit, we're all baptized and mingled into one single body. It's talking about a spiritual body, the body of Christ. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. So the first thing he's, we're talking about today is the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus, into Jesus, into the body of Christ. And that happens at conversion. That's what it just said here, that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus, baptizes us into the body of Christ. So at the moment that I pray that prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, I believe in you, then immediately something happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. He immerses me into the body of Christ, the corporate body of Christ. Now, there are local expressions of that, but you see, when we talk about the church in Haiti, those are people that you are in relationship with. He's immersed us into the body of Christ. It's at conversion. This is when the Holy Spirit comes into our life and directs us and guides us. And he says he immerses us into a relationship with Christ and his church. It's not a, a part-time thing, but it's a full immersion. So do you see that? So the first baptism, the Holy Spirit baptizes us 
in Jesus into the body of Christ. It's a supernatural thing. You can't make it happen, but it comes into our life. Now, many of us come from a church background that we believe that that's all there is about being baptized of, in, with, or through the Holy Spirit. And listen, There's truth to the fact that when I invite Christ into my life, he saves me, and when he saves me, the Holy Spirit comes in and takes up residence in my life. But later, then I get immersed in the Holy Spirit that is already within me at conversion. So let's look at this. The second baptism is baptized in water, and there we are baptized in by a disciple. The disciple baptizes us in water. Now, we baptize here today, Pastor Ben baptized, but you don't have to be a pastor to baptize. If you lead somebody to the Lord and you can find some water, you can immerse them into water. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great that you lead somebody to the Lord this year and then you're able to come over here and baptize them uh, and you say, well, I'm, I'm afraid I don't know how to do that. What if I push them under and they don't ever come up? Well, they go to heaven real quick, and they don't have to worry about sin, right? There's a few people I think we should have done that way, Pastor Tim. We should have held them under and let them go on to heaven. But listen, I'm sorry. Part of me believes that, and part of me says I shouldn't say that. But anyway, maybe that was one of the things the Holy Spirit said I shouldn't say. Maybe we'll take the first service and broadcast it instead of the second one. Being baptized in water occurs after I become a believer. Some people were baptized as a child. The Bible doesn't really talk about child baptism. It talks about being dedicated. They brought the baby to the temple and they dedicated. Uh, But there are churches that baptize infants. And some of you were baptized. How many of you were baptized as infants or baby? Look at that. And you had no choice in that. You, you didn't say to the priest or to someone, I don't want to be baptized right now. No, you had no choice. They took that and sprinkled you and did all that. But, and a lot of people say, well, that's, that's all there is. No, we are baptized, repent, and be baptized. That's what the Scripture says. Repent and be baptized. So as an adult or as a child, you know, when I learned the, the right thing, I give my heart to the Lord and I become a believer. That's the first baptism but then I need to get baptized in water in the second baptism. Some people look at baptism in the water and they think, well, it's just a sign or it's just a symbol. Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore, this is Jesus, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a sign, but it's more than a sign. It symbolizes that you've given your heart to Jesus. It is, uh, it's like burying the old person that you used to be. It's a symbol of, like when the children of Israel were brought through the Red Sea, remember? Death threatened them. They were coming out of slavery. They'd been delivered from Egypt, and now they have to come through the water. So as our brother today, as he was baptized in water, you saw him sitting here, Already the Lord has changed his heart. And so as he goes down into the water, it's a picture of the old me, when I come up, the old me is not going to come up with me because I've been renewed in Jesus Christ. Isn't that a great thought? Let's give the Lord a hand clap right there. So my question is, 
Why have some of you skipped this baptism? Why have you skipped it? When I look at the end results every year and I see the amount of people that experience this baptism of giving their heart to the Lord, and I see fewer people that are baptized in water, I'm thinking, where have we gone wrong? You say, well, is it a requirement if I'm baptized in water to be saved? No, it's not a requirement. But it is a requirement to be obedient. Jesus said, repent and be baptized. He commands it. So it's the first commandment given to every believer. Listen to me. What I've noticed is believers who skip this baptism sets up a pattern of disobedience in their life. And they wonder, why am I struggling? Why do I keep struggling with them? Why is this thing? You see, in the early church, water baptism was the outward expression that people said, now you're a real believer. You're a real believer. Things have changed. So I'm encouraging you. In fact, you say, well, man, I should have got baptized a few minutes ago. Guess what? The water's still warm. And it doesn't have any germs in it. And so what, we're gonna, what we can do at the end of the service, Pastor Ben will be over there and Tanya, we can baptize you in your clothes or we can give you a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and a towel. But wouldn't it be wonderful to leave out of here knowing today that the old man is dead and I am alive unto Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. So there's a third baptism that's being to be baptized in or with the Holy Spirit and it's performed by Jesus. We're baptized by Jesus. Matthew 3 and 11. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, the Messiah. John the Baptist is talking about the Messiah. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. Read it with me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I like that. And with fire. So there has to be a baptizer to baptize you into something. So he says Jesus is going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. So there's the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. The disciple baptizes in water. Jesus baptizes us in or with the preposition, they're interchangeable, with or in the Holy Spirit. These are not the same baptisms. Some of us have been taught of only one Holy Spirit baptism, and that's here. That's what you were taught, that that was there. And you, you, you believe in this one, but then you say, well, I'm just not sure about this one. I was taught that this one and this one is the same. Listen to me. Think. Think. Theologically, they're not the same. But grammatically, they're not the same. Don't bypass your brain. Look at this. The subjects are different. In this one, the subject is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Here, the subject is Jesus. So the grammatically, they can't be the same. They're different. 
This is the Holy Spirit baptizes us at conversion into the body of Christ. But then after that happens, Jesus, and it can happen, I mean, simultaneously in the book of Acts. You know, they gave their heart to the Lord, and immediately they were filled with the Spirit. So Jesus then baptizes us in or with the Holy Spirit. But it's not only that, but you can look at it, that first of all, we say, this is the baptism. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If the subject is the Holy Spirit baptizes us, then this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So be careful when you say, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And you're talking or thinking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So look, here the preposition is of. Here the preposition is in or with. So grammatically, they cannot be the same. I don't know how we've got to the place that we believe that this and this are the same baptisms or that we've totally ignored this one as we look at these. So we look upon all of those, and John 1 and 33 says, I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize in water, he told me the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, if, if Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did Jesus do these baptisms? Did he go through these? Well, you say, well, he, he was never a sinner, right? So he, he didn't have to deal with this one, but notice what he does. He's baptized in water, and as he's baptized in water, coming up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. It's not like a dove descended upon him, but the Holy Spirit came upon him, and then he went into the wilderness, and in the wilderness, the 40-day temptation, he came out in the fullness of the Holy Spirit to begin doing miracles. So I'm saying if Jesus experienced this, he in turn says, now I'm going to baptize you in and with the Holy Spirit. So here's a pattern you'll see. The pattern is over and over. The pattern is salvation, water. I should have been a doctor, right? And spirit. That's the pattern. You see it all through the book of Acts. All through the book of Acts. Look at Acts 2, 38. Peter replied, each of you must, what? Repent of your sins. There it is. First step. Salvation. Repent of your sins and be baptized, water, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right? See that pattern? That, that's simple. That's clear. Three baptisms. Now, look at this. Throughout the book of Acts, you see the same pattern. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Now, when the people believed their salvation, Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, as a result, many men and women were baptized, baptized in water. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message. They've been born again. They sent Peter and John down there. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on these believers, and they, 
received the Holy Spirit. See the pattern? They believed on the Lord. They believed they were baptized in water. But yet it said, but the Holy Spirit, this fullness had not yet come upon them. So when they came down, they laid their hands on them, and they received. There was some evidence. There was some evidence of a power transference that came into their life. Next week, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But there was some evidence there. Now, look at this, Acts chapter 19. When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled throughout the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers, right? He found what? Several what? Several believers. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Paul asked believers, have you received the Holy Spirit? Now, think about this. Think about this. Don't bypass your brain. How have we missed this for years? Here is Paul who wrote a third of the New Testament who understands more theology than I could ever understand in my little finger. He knows, he knows so much more. He said, I ascended into the heaven of heavens. I saw things that I can't even talk about right now. That's the guy we're talking about. And he says to these believers, who the Holy Spirit has come into their life, brought them back, but has not fallen on them, has not filled them. And he says to them, have you received the Holy Spirit? Wow. So I'm thinking, now use your brain. Paul, extraordinaire. If he says, there's more than just happens here, I think we need to tune our antennas up and say, wow, maybe there's something more for me. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They came from the church that we never heard that there was a Holy Spirit, the church that some of you came from, right? You never talk about Holy Spirit. He was like a, a distant relative that you didn't talk about because sometimes he looked a little weird, he looked a little strange because that's how people pumped him up. But we've been looking at the Scripture, and there was nothing weird, strange in him last week, was there? There's nothing weird or strange in the midst of that. Then Paul said, then what baptism did you experience? And they said, the baptism of John. Paul said, the baptism of John is called for repentance from sin. But John himself told people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus, Jesus' baptism. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized, water baptized, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Don't stop reading. Verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Wow. Look at that. Look at this. Think about this pattern. Acts 8 is five years after Pentecost. So those people who say, well, you know, this baptism in or with the Holy Spirit was only for those 120 and the disciples on the day of Pentecost. This is five years later. Acts 10 is 10 years later. And it's still the same pattern. Acts 19, get this, 25 years after Pentecost. And it's the same pattern. It's the same pattern. After all these years, the disciples still believed that when a person gets saved, they still need to go on and be baptized in or with the Holy Spirit to have power for their life. If that's happened to you, give the Lord a hand clap and a praise right there. 
Wow, this is so clear. It's so right there. You have to really work hard to switch it around and make it confusing. But we've come through things like that in churches and denominations because people are they're a little afraid of this power that the Holy Spirit would bring into our life. 1 John 5, 7 and 8 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. So if that's the witness in heaven, what is the witness on earth? You see, I want to live a life that's a good witness. Here's what he says. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these all agree as one. Each has a distinct work of grace. When I was saved, I became a new person. Thank God for that, right? When I was saved, I became a new person. When I was baptized in water, the old person, the old me, was cut off. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I received power to walk in the fullness and live in victory. For years, some of you have been struggling to live a life of victory. You feel no power in your life. You feel like everything just runs you over. You, you, you struggle with purity. And you've experienced frustration and failure. But when you received this baptism in with the Holy Spirit, he says, I'm going to give you power to make a change. Now, one of the things that we are hungry around here is that we're hungry for a fresh move of God. And so there's a brochure that you have, and if you'll take that out, it's called the three-day TFH Breakthrough Fast, August 23 through 25. And so here's six reasons, six whys that we're going to fast three days in August. More than ever before, believers are in bondage to demonic powers and need strength to stand against sin. Would you say amen if you believe that? Here's a second why. Believers throughout the world need solutions to many complex problems and threatening situations such as COVID-19. Can you say amen? The church is in desperate need of revival and every tribe, tongue, and nation is in desperate need of evangelization. Do you believe that? The media, boy, this is one of the reasons we want to fast and break the power of media over some of our thoughts. The media has so captured the national attention that even believers are operating according to the principles completely alien to God's will for their lives. Another reason, another why, is that we need direction and vision for individual destinies. And then also we need the power to break forth in every area of our life. So you go ahead and plan for that. It's going to be three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And you can read in there how that Esther fasted for three days. Uh, Paul fasted for three days. And we're talking about that. And this is a breakthrough fast. So you can do the Daniel fast if you want. You can fast one meal. Many of us probably will fast uh, water only. Water only for three days. You say, well, I don't know I can do that. Well, you make that choice. Uh, if, you need to confront, if you need to ask your doctor, you take care of that. We care about you. But there are people that have done more than three days. I'm not asking you to do three days with no water. You need that water, okay? And if you work on a different place, you know, you, 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 
you do that. Maybe it's just juice that you use without sugar, uh, you know, uh, of added sugars, all right? So however you want to do that. But we want, we want, we want a fresh touch. And we want to make a difference with our lives. So what's your next step? So what are you going to do about this? Well, here's what I'd like to suggest to you on the back of your notes. I'd like for you to ask God to reveal your next step. Reveal your next step. What does he want you to do? Within this pattern that we've talked about today, where are you? What's your next step? Maybe your next step is, you know what? I need to surrender my heart to Jesus today. Or maybe your next step is, you know what? I was baptized as a kid, but as an adult, I've never been baptized. I need to sign up for that, or I need to get baptized today, meet Pastor Ben over, over by the, 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 uh, the tank. Or you know what? I need the power, the supernatural power that Jesus offers. So that would be step one. Step two might be just ask for a fresh baptism. You see, this kind of empowering that we receive in the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that we need again and again and again and again. Over and over in the Scripture says for us to be filled and to be continually being filled, present progressive, continually being filled, future tense, with the Spirit. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, don't be drunk with wine because it'll ruin your life. Read it with me. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, there's some evidence in my life. Now think about Peter. Before he was received this baptism in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, there's a little girl, teenage girl, that says, you're one of those believers, aren't you? And Peter says, no, I'm not one of those blankety-blank-blank-blank-blank-blankety-blank-blank-blank people. I said, dude, you've been with him for three and a half years. But after receiving the fullness of the Spirit, Peter stood up. No sermon notes just fresh from the Holy Spirit. He says, these men aren't drunk as you think. But here's what this is. This is the gift that God has sent. And he preaches that so powerfully and 3,000 people are added to the church. I, if I said to you, this week I have been given the gift of rhythm and dancing. That's my spiritual gift. And yeah, you'd say, yeah, that's a real miracle, right? That's a real But And then, I would, then you would say to me, show me. One lady between services said, thank you for bringing clarity today. Because all my life I was told that I'd never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I didn't speak in tongues like somebody else. There are many benefits or evidences of, of receiving the baptism. One of them is a prayer language, but it's not the only one. And we'll never try to make that to you. 
But I'm simply saying, if I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, there's got to be some evidence. And so if I say to you, the Holy Spirit has given me the gift of dance, you'd say, let me see it. So I'd say, no. I do good to stand on the bosey ball at the gym half the time and do squats, right? As we end in prayer today, I'm not going to ask you to sit there and bow your heads and close your eyes. But I am going to ask you today if you'd say, you know what, this makes sense to me. I've experienced this baptism and I've experienced this one. But to be honest, Terry, I've been afraid, I've been told wrong, confused about this one. Now, when I look at this, I mean, like, I'm not as smart as my wife, and I'm not as smart as some of you. I have to really study, really work. But when I look at the simplicity of these three baptisms, if I can grasp it, you can grasp it. That's how he meant for it to be. So if you're here today, and I know we all come from different church backgrounds, maybe you've been taught against the Holy Spirit, maybe you've been told that it's not for now and it's confusing and a lot of other stuff. You may be a volunteer, you may be a, a ministry leader, you may be even a minister. I don't want you to be embarrassed but in a moment, I'm going to ask in the house and those that are online church, if you'd like to receive this third baptism, I'm going to pray for you today. Now, relax. It's not going to be goofy or weird. I'm not going to make you speak in tongues, okay? You'll be here next week because next week I'm going to talk about speaking in tongues. I want to show you the benefit, not the requirement, but the benefit, the benefit. Listen, I have a spiritual prayer language that I pray, and I'll share some of that with you next week, and I'm going to have some other people up here with me, and we'll interview them. I came out of this all of my life. I've seen so many weird things, it'd be enough for me not to even want to talk about Holy Spirit. Some of you come, like Anita, from a Catholic background and thought everybody that speak in tongues was really like weird. But when she saw some children receive their prayer language, it so made her hungry. So next week I'm going to talk to some people that come different backgrounds that the Holy Spirit was never really taught to them. And we'll just ask them some questions. So, if you think I'm weird or whatever because I say I have a spiritual prayer language, as far as I know, I can tie my shoes, I can drive a car, and I don't drool much. But for some of you today, the Holy Spirit is drawing you. And you say, that's me. I would like to receive this gift from Jesus, this baptism, 
in or with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to be embarrassed, but I want you just right where you are to stand up. If that's you today, just stand up. Thank you. Just stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just stand up, remain standing, say, that's me. I, I want to experience this. If Jesus went to such degree to give this to me, I want to experience this. I need some power. I'm struggling enough with, without that power. Would you just stand where you are? Just stand. I want to pray with you. And those of you that are online church, I want you to do the same thing. Push back from your lunch table, your tacos you're eating, whatever else. And I want you to stand up. Would you stand up? Or maybe years ago you received maybe a couple phrases of praying in a prayer language. It's been years since you've exercised that. Someone came to me today and said, man, you were just really talking right at me because I just a couple of phrases I had years ago, but it's been a long time and I've never worked at maturing that language. Would you stand today? I want to pray with you. No embarrassment. No embarrassment. You love the Lord, but you've never had this baptism the way that we've explained it today. Church, those of you that are sitting, would you just begin praying very quietly for those that are standing? Those of you that are standing, look at me. Would you do this? Would you just take your hands and turn them up like this? Just hold them up like this. That's a sign that you're in the receiving mode. You're expressing to God by your body, I want to receive. And I'd like for you to close your eyes because this is a personal moment for you between you and the Lord. As you're standing there with your hands lifted up, your eyes closed, Maybe first of all, you need to express some forgiveness to Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to forgive you for bad teaching that you've heard, for maybe even resisting Holy Spirit, even though you thought you were doing the right thing, but today through looking at the scripture, you say, I'm sorry, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. This is he who baptizes you. Repeat after me. Pray this prayer right now. Jesus, I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. In just a minute, I'm going to pray for you. Some of you, you may receive a spiritual prayer language and you may just start very quietly just praying in a spiritual language that God gives you. It may be a phrase or two. Some of you may just sense an empowering of the Spirit. You may not even sense anything right now, but later today in your prayer time, driving home, all of a sudden, you can receive this empowerment for whatever it is. I want to pray for you now. Lord Jesus, 
I'm so excited today, and I know you are, with these, my brothers and sisters, that are standing. You came to give your life for us and then to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. That's what John said. You came so we could receive power. You told the disciples not to leave Jerusalem until they received this power. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you cover us, you immerse us, you baptize us. Thank you, Jesus, that you baptize us in the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you to baptize everyone who's standing right now in the house and online. Baptize them with your Holy Spirit from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. The same way that you baptized those 120 in the upper room. The same way that you baptized in Acts 8. The same way you baptized in Acts 10. The same way you baptized in Acts 19 and throughout the life. You received Jesus by faith and were baptized in the Holy Spirit by faith. So just say this out loud right now, those of you that are standing. I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for filling me with the Holy Spirit today. Thank you, Lord. I'd like for everyone that's sitting to just stand. And if you're thankful for the Holy Spirit and for what God has done in your life, would you just begin thanking Him and praising Him? Would you lift your hands to Him right now? Would you just lift your hands to Him right now? If you have your prayer language, you just very quietly just begin praying in that prayer language or singing in that. Paul said, I sing in the Spirit and I sing with understanding. I pray in the Spirit and I pray with understanding. We're not trying to force anything today. We'll never get you to saying words faster and faster and banana backwards. This is, a, this is something that comes from Jesus through the Holy Spirit into your life. And right now where you're standing today in this house or online, you can experience and feel the freshness of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, you go to a doctor and he gives you a shot and he'll tell you, now when you go home, you might feel a little tired. Or you might feel a little strange. He tells you what's getting ready to happen. Listen to these words. Those of you who, who stood and lifted your hands. Jesus said this. If you as an earthly father know how to give good gifts to your children, if they ask you for bread, you don't give them a rock. If you ask them for a fish, if they ask you for a fish, you don't give them a serpent. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I believe, I believe there's something that's happened to you on the inside that you're going to see the results of some of you on your way home. You're going to turn on praise music and you're going to start praising. And all of a sudden there'll be a new heavenly language that flows for you. Some of you are going to go home and feel like, wow, 
well, I just, I just, I just sense the power of the Lord. Some of you, the Lord is going to operate some of the gifts of the Spirit through you. One of our police officers, I love it. He says, you know, when I get ready to make a bus, when I get ready to do something, I have this spiritual gift that comes to me. And I know where people are. I know what house they're at. I know what's waiting for me. I know what's happening. You know what that is? That's a word of knowledge that the Lord has given it, and that comes from the fullness of the Holy Spirit. When we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's not just what happens in here, but it's when we walk out of this door to make a difference in people's lives. So I'm so excited about what I'm going to hear from you this week of what the Lord is going to do in your life. And don't equate your move of the Spirit with someone else's. The Lord knows your temperament. He knows your personality. And you've asked Him for this gift. And I believe this week is going to be the greatest week of your life. You don't want to miss next week when I talk about this beautiful of the prayer language, the benefit. As we leave today, at every door will be the ushers for your tithe, your offering. If you're a first-time guest, please stop at the first uh, time table out there, the uh, balloons. We have a gift that we want to give you. If you surrendered your heart to Jesus a few minutes ago and we prayed that, I'd like for you to go out there. The prayer team is going to come down front. We're going to pray, and if you want to be baptized in water, Pastor Ben will be right over here. You go on over and say, you know what? I put this on off long enough. Take your money out of your pockets. Let him baptize you. Leave out of here with a fresh touch of the Lord. Amen. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.